This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Sometimes in jazz, we come across chords that deserve a little bit of extra attention. And these chords may have extensions and alterations in them, like a major 7 flat 5 or a sharp 5 or a dominant 7 sharp 11. The list goes on and on. But by taking these outside of a chord progression context, really honing in on them, and mapping out the note choices we have available to us, we can start creating jazz lines and start really exploring these chords individually. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about pitch collections, how to use pitch collections to map out chords like this so that we can take our jazz improv to the next level. Let's jump to it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos, all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. And I am fired up this morning. You know, sometimes you have those mornings or those days where you're just, you know, you're just excited. You're excited to jump in it, to conquer, to just completely rock it. And that's exactly how I feel today. And I'm ready to deliver on my end. I'm ready to help you become a better jazz musician in a big way, in a small way, however it is for you, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced player, there's something here for everybody. And I'm just excited to be here. And I want to thank you for listening today, for spending some time with me, and I hope that you get some value in return. Like I said in the intro, today we are talking about pitch collections. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably know that I like to think about scales a little bit differently. I like to think about scales as pitch collections. And pitch collections meaning more like a map. You know, it's like if you look at a map and you want to see all the different places you can go to eat. I like to look at it that way for more broad perspective. Well, you can go here in this side of town and here in this side of town and here's this flavor and here's this flavor and here's this flavor rather than a linear line, right? Linear is what I, when I think about scales, I think about just, you know, playing from, you know, C to C or D to D or whatever it happens to be. And that's not necessarily bad. And it's a good way to organize ideas, of course, But it also can kind of lead us to start playing scale-like solos where it's like, well, we're going to play Dorian over the minor seventh chord and Mixolydian over the dominant seven, major over the major seventh chord. And when you start playing like that and thinking like that, it really doesn't lend itself to musicality. So I like to think about scales as pitch collections, different flavors, different note choices, different approaches we can take in order to improvise. And also, like I mentioned in the intro of the show, sometimes taking chords and singling them out can be really helpful. Of course, we need to know how to improvise over them in a chord progression context, but by taking these chords and 
singling them out and really just start working them and honing in on them, it's going to help us become so much more proficient, so much more fluent, so much more competent over these chords so that when we do apply them to a chord progression context, it's going to be so much easier. So today, we are going to be diving into one specific chord, and that is going to be a dominant 7 sharp 11 chord, okay? A dominant 7 sharp 11th chord, and we are going to be applying a Lydian dominant pitch collection. I I know we could call it a scale, but I'm going to call it a pitch collection today, a Lydian dominant pitch collection. We're going to talk about what that is, and at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a challenge for you to practice this week, because at the end of the day, I want you to take action. You could listen to this podcast all day, every week, every month, every year, but if you don't take action, nothing is going to happen. So enough of me talking. Let's jump right into today's show. All right, just a heads up too, there is construction going on outside of my home studio here. So if you hear some random beeping, little extra noise, I'm not sure if you can hear it or not, that's what's going on. But hey, the show must go on. So we're going to be talking about that dominant 7 sharp 11 today, and we're going to be focusing on the D7 sharp 11 specifically. So first of all, what is a D7 sharp 11 chord or a dominant 7 sharp 11 chord? What's the formula? So that would be the root third, the fifth, the flat seven, the nine, and the sharp 11, right? And if you're a piano player, a guitar player, there's a, many different voicings, obviously, right? Different voicings you can play over this chord, but that's what it sounds like. That's the general formula for a dominant seven sharp 11 chord with its extensions and alterations, okay? So like I said, Lydian dominant is the pitch collection we're gonna use over that. So what is a Lydian dominant scale? So Lydian dominant is just a mixture between essentially a mixolydian scale and a Lydian scale. So if you don't know what that is, that's okay. We're gonna go over what the Lydian dominant is right now. So again, we're using concert Ds or context here. So it's D, E, F sharp, and then G sharp. Now G sharp is the Lydian note. That's the flat five note in there. Okay, then A. Then B. Now this is the dominant note here. This is the flat seven note. C. So. And then back to the root again, D. So it's really about that flat five there. That's the Lydian part of it. So when we talk about a Lydian mode, we're really talking about basically flatting the fifth of a major scale. You can think of it that way. And then that's the dominant note there, C. That's the flat seven. So we're basically taking a mixolydian scale there. Right? So that's that was the Lydian dominant. dominant. Uh, two octaves. Now, again, like I said, I don't really love thinking about scales this way. Like, of course, we need to know how to play it literally like that. Like, this is important. We need to know the formula. We need to understand how it works, what it's all about. But we really don't want to be thinking about a dominant 7 sharp 11 chord, or in this case, a D7 sharp 11, thinking D Lydian dominant. If we think that, we're very uh, likely to come up with something non-musical. So this is where the idea of pitch collections comes in. And this is also where the idea of composing comes in. So 
what I want to encourage you to do, and what I'm going to show you in a second, is to create different licks over a static chord like this using notes from the Lydian dominant. Now, not that you have to be stuck with the Lydian dominant, you can't use any other notes, but to use that pitch collection as a framework and then compose interesting musical ideas. This is where I believe using scales and using, again, pitch collections is really where you can be effective in this, right? If we want to use a melodic minor scale, for example, as a pitch collection, well, we don't want to just think melodic minor over top of you know C minor major seven. We want to think about creating musical ideas. It's really mostly just mapping out the note choices we have. Now, when you do compose ideas over a static chord, meaning there's no chord progressions involved, you may think, well, that's a lot easier than creating a lick over a chord progression. There's no chords we have to connect to. We don't have to worry about all these different pitches and which notes are going to work and which ones aren't, right? But at the same time, it's actually quite challenging because to create something musical and interesting over just one chord uh, is is a challenge in and of itself. And you'll you'll probably experience that when you try this. So for starters, let me show you some different ideas that I've come with up with using the D Lydian dominant. So this first lick is just called a, a descending Lydian dominant lick. So you're going to hear it. It's just going to sound like it's descending. So check this out. All right, let's listen to it again. Okay, so this one, we're starting out kind of a little bit more on the linear side, right? We're starting a little bit closer to, I guess, the quote-unquote scale here, but we're using a pattern to start to make it creative. And it's a, in this case, it's descending a pattern, a pattern that goes from a high note and eventually drifts down to a low note. But that's already kind of step one on the creativity, creativity level of making a good-sounding lick or musical idea using the Lydian dominant pitch collection. So let's take a look at another one that I composed. And this one kind of takes things to the next creativity level here and the more musical level. And I call this one a bebop Lydian dominant lick. So I'm adding a little bit of bebop language here, which is some chromaticism and closures, things like this to give it that sound. So check this one out. All right, let's listen to it one more time. Awesome. Beboppy, a little bit musical. And, and again, does that one sound like a scale? That one really doesn't sound like a scale. This is kind of where we want to get to when we think about this stuff. Hence the idea of pitch collections. Okay, let's listen to another one. This one has more rhythm in it. So kind of the next level here we can start going with is not thinking about things in eighth notes or quarter notes or anything like that, which is kind of where we think about scales on the level of a lot of times. We want to get away from that thinking. Let's get to some more rhythm. So this one is what I call the skipping rock lick. Check this one out. And one more time. So you can kind of hear where the title of that comes from, right? It just sort of sounds like a rock skipping across a lake or across a stream or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's some more creativity in there with just some rhythm. 
All right, let's move to a different concept that you can think about when composing stuff with pitch collections, and that is intervals. So if you ever want to make sure something does not sound like a scale when you play it, a good exercise is to use large interval leaps. So this one I call the stuttering interval leap lick. And let's listen to it one more time here. Right, so it really doesn't sound like a scale at all when we use these intervals. And you could hear like it leaping up high and leaping down low. And it's called stuttering because I was doing these little eighth note rests and you know different rhythmic things there to kind of break up the phrase a little bit just to get creative. And we want to get creative when we're coming up with these, especially when we're talking about over stagnant chords like this. We want to come up with as many musical ideas as we can. And the more musical vocabulary that we're creating for ourselves, the more we're going to find something that we actually like, something that we actually enjoy. Um, let's listen to one more. I'm going to call this one the mystery motivic development lick. All right, and one more listen to this one. So motivic development, I've talked about this before in this podcast, but just in case you're not quite sure what motivic development is, let me do a little recap for you. And essentially motivic development is, well, a motif is just a small idea that is repeated over and over again within a composition or a piece of music. So motivic development is taking that idea and maybe very putting some variations on it slightly. When we're talking about doing motivic development on a single chord, you're really going to be taking that phrase and altering notes in it, which is exactly what you just heard now in this mystery motivic development lick is taking uh, a little bit of a rhythmic and a melodic idea, changing it up just a little bit uh, over a very short period of time. So there's a lot of tools in our toolbox when it comes to composing licks and composing ideas. And I, again, I've talked about this before in this podcast that you know composing is really improvisation slowed down and improvising is really composition sped up. At least I think that's a good definition of it in my personal opinion. So if we're composing stuff like this, it's so much more likely to come out in our playing later on. We're so much more likely to find something that we like. And if we can start getting creative and start thinking about scales, not as linear pieces that we play over given chords or chord progressions, but as pitch collections, maps, note, ma mapping out notes that we can use, sounds that we can use, we're going to have a more creative approach. Okay, so this is my challenge for you this week that I want you to practice this time around. I want you to pick a one, one chord, not a chord progression, just one chord that you want to focus on mapping out. I want you to pick a scale that you would normally associate with that. So maybe if it's just a regular dominant seventh chord, it's a mixolydian. Or maybe it's just the major scale for a major seventh chord or a minor, a natural minor or a Dorian. Whatever you know and whatever chords you want to work on, I want you to compose as many different ideas as you can over top of that using a pitch collection. Come up with some licks. You don't have to write it down necessarily, but record them or just figure them out on the spot and do some exploration because this exploration is really where it comes down to and you want to become a better jazz improviser exploring trying new things and seeing what you can come up with and being creative mm -hmm.
Okay, that's all for today's show. Short, but sweet. And most importantly, something for you to take action on, for you to actually practice this week. So go out and do it. Get it done, folks. That's all I want you to do. I want you to take action. Those who take action will see dramatic improvements in their jazz playing. So go out and do that. Uh, so today's lesson was really kind of just a little excerpt of one of the improv lessons I teach in my new ebook, The Jazz Standards Playbook, Volume 2, which is an in-depth study of 10 jazz standards. Thanks for everybody, by the way, who's recently purchased that book or is part of the companion course. Um, I really do appreciate that. And so these are just some of the licks that I present in that book. There's plenty more where that came from. So if you're interested in that, go to the Jazz Standards Playbook 2, that's the number 2.com. The Jazz Standards Playbook 2.com. You can check that out there and uh, go ahead and get involved with that book and companion course. As I always ask, if you enjoyed this show, if you get value out of this podcast in general, please go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give it a five star rating and review. Tell other people why you enjoy this show. Have a goal of getting to 300 rating reviews on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we're getting close. So uh, about 20 more to go. So go ahead, jump in there. Thanks so much for your help with that. I really do appreciate it. Going to be coming out with another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, as always, next week, and I'll see you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.